Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Sebrow, and welcome to the definitive rap, where we discuss the news items the mainstream media just won't touch. The definitive rap is proud to be the official podcast of vinnews.com. First, I want to wish everyone, especially our Israeli family, a happy and meaningful Yom Yerushalayim. And uh, now also, sadly, we are hearing about the new violence uh, in Yerushalayim and other parts of Israel, and uh, they should know that they are always in our prayers. Now for today's show, if you're Jewish and you're a strong supporter of Israel and, you're, and you love you know, stories about the Mossad and the Shin Bet, you probably watched Fauda. But to watch one of Netflix's biggest hits called Shtisel, it doesn't matter if you're Jewish, religious, ultra-Orthodox, secular, Gentile, or anything else. If you have a TV, a smartphone, a computer, chances are you've watched Dissel, the three-season story about an ultra-Orthodox family who lives in a very religious part of Jerusalem called Geula, where nobody even owns a TV. One of the biggest stars from the show is a character called Akiva, sometimes called Kiva or Kivala, played by the actor Michael Aloni. What made him so popular was his soft-spokenness, his sensitivity, and almost his boyish mentality, which is revealed in his love for painting as an artist, something frowned upon in those religious circles. In fact, his character was so convincing that Michael Aloni would tell media outlets of the thousands of marriage proposals he received from mothers whose daughters were ready to marry a struggling artist. And when I researched our guest for today, I saw he actually looks like Michael Aloni. I still think that. Today, we have a very special guest from Tel Aviv named Alex Tubis, whom Bela will introduce shortly. He is a real artist and the artist who drew several of the most memorable paintings for Akiva. I can't wait to ask Alex many questions about his work for the show, but for now, I will turn the mic over to Bela. Thank you, Alan. Most people of all cultures have been smith, certainly smitten with a hit Israeli TV show, Shtisel, I know I have, which explores the insular intricacies of an ultra-Orthodox family in Jerusalem, and especially with the talented, lovable, artistic character Kiva, who I'm in love with myself. <laughs> Just everybody is. Uh, but there are other fascinating aspects to the show. The behind-the-scenes activities that the average viewer is not privy to and that our audience today will be. I want you all to know that there were real-life, professional, famous artists that brought Akiva's journey to life. One of them is the artistic genius, Alex Tubis, whom we are going to meet in real life in just a few moments. Alex Tubis is the real painter behind Akiva Shtisel's Boy with a Goldfish, Portraits of Libby, Racheli, and some other works from the show. Born in Moscow, he came to Israel with his family at the age of 12, being mainly inspired by the great film directors, Andrei Tarkovsky and Ksistov Kishlovsky in his high school years, 
Tubas decided to be a painter after seeing the works from Diego Velasquez and Paulo Veronese. In the works of those great masters, he could see the same things he's trying to perceive in his own art, unsurpassed level of truth, intimacy, sculpted light, which provides divine beauty mixed with sadness of being. It's just so fascinating, those paintings. Alex's painting's subjects vary from people who are closest to him to unremarkable from the first sight Israeli landscapes that he sees around him. People react to his painting as capturing time an eternal Polaroid. Tubis is lecturer for drawing and painting at the Batsalel Academy in Jerusalem. Alex, welcome to the definitive wrap. As I said to you before we went on camera, I am just awestruck <laughs> and starstruck. This is amazing. Just the behind, just to get to meet the genius, the behind the scenes artist is just so incredible for me. So I have a question and welcome again. I just have to say it one Thank more you. time. Um, when was the first time you heard about Schnitzel? And more importantly, how did you get this coveted job? I'm sure there are plenty of people who are jealous. Like, how did Alex get this job? I want this job. Why you? Well, first time that I heard about Schnitzel is when uh, the art director for season two, Shim uh, Legal, called me and... Um, asked me actually to, to come to the interview. And um, I didn't know about Stisla before. I didn't watch the season one. So they recruited you? Yeah. Um, and when I came to, to the interview, uh, it was pretty funny because um, uh, they were sitting, the director uh, of the show and uh, the producer and uh, the executive producer and... Uh, also Shimli, and um, I uh, brought with, with me um, paintings from another painter, from Peter Doig. He's like very well-known uh, contemporary artist. And I told him that I can do it like, like he does, because I didn't think that um, my painting were like very unique. You know, I thought always that I'm doing a pretty good job at painting, but uh, that uh, my style is not contemporary. And um, so like when I knew about Stissen and I knew that uh, it uh, grabbed plenty awards, all awards in uh, in Israel, you know, and then uh, I got nervous and I thought that I'm sure. not good enough. But um, then Dikla, the, the chief producer, she, she told me that they want me actually not some other no. painter and it was a emotional moment and uh, i could imagine yeah and uh, yeah she she told actually that uh, they went through a lot of painters and they chose me that must, um, that must have been an unbelievable moment for you i i mean if you could have captured that in a painting i'd love to see that if you could ever do that <laughs> just just that moment of excitement like wow they chose me <laughs> you know yeah it's yeah. nice yeah. You know, I want to ask you, you know, in many movies and many TV series, there are always these behind the scenes people and you always see the credits after the movie, the person who holds the mic, the grip, the background. But you actually made Akiva who he is without you. Akiva Stissel does not have the same type of allure 
that any other actors have. Um, again, they, they're all beloved in their own way. Gitti because of her strength. Uh, Shulam, because uh, he's a patriarch. But Akiva became the desire, for lack of a better term, of every mother out there who wants a son-in-law for their daughter because of you. You know, so I'm just wondering, you know, you're, 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 you don't think so. But tell me again, though, because your role is so prominent, do you feel a different type of connection to the show as opposed to the typical behind-the-scenes person? The guy who holds the microphone for the actor does it for a hundred different shows. There is no emotional connection. Do you feel, because of what you brought to the show, that you, you are shtissel, for lack of a better term? Hmm. Well, first of all, I think that, um, you know, um, the women who fall in love, they, they fall in love for Mikhail Aloni, not me. I mean... Uh, I must be honest. Uh, okay. uh, and I think that uh, uh, I have a very good connection with Michael. We are not close friends or something, but uh, every time we meet each other, the connection is very good right away. We, we talk about personal, intimate stuff, you know. And I think that uh, Michael's uh, success is to, to bring something very cute. I'm sorry. I mean, cute can be a low word, but I think... The way he does it, it's it's unbelievable, right. and also deep, and also some kind of like broken inside, you know. And um, I think he does it really unbelievably. And um, um, yeah, so the your question, I mean, yes, I feel um, like I'm not some guy from behind, and I think that they don't treat me, the production company, they, they don't treat me. I think that, yeah, I remember actually when the, there was a premiere for season two. So they they put all the actors on the scene and then they asked me to go up all, as well. And it was very strange for me <laughs> uh, to stand there with all the actors. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do understand why they do it because um, I think that paintings fit in really well. Alex, how does the process work? Um, do the writers give you any sort of direction with regards to what to paint? I'm not a painter, but I know that there's so much emotion that goes into it. How do you get that inspiration when asked to paint a particular piece of art? Do, do you show them drafts? How does it work? Well, um, the main guy who instructs me about the painting is the guy who I would say uh, understands painting most from all the production, which is Ori Elon, one of the writers. Um, it's not that the director or producer don't have a say, but uh, uh, normally I will stay with the Ori and they count of, on our collaboration. And um, yeah, I mean, he guides me, he he tells me, like, for the boy with the goldfish, for example, he told me that it, he thinks about uh, the painting uh, by Edouard Manet, the boy with the flute. It's a famous portrait. Right. And uh, um, mix of it with uh, a painting of boy uh, from Selov, the Russian painter, which men um, can see uh, in season two. It's the painting of the boy that hangs on the wall right. at the stu studio. And... Um, yeah, but I think that the emotion, um, well, I chose 
art, as you told, um, because I think uh, painting, I chose painting, not art. Uh, of course, uh, cinema is also great, great art, but I chose painting because I think that it can reach uh, another level of intimacy and uh, yeah. honesty and truth than yeah. maybe any other media be besides music, I would say. Right. And I think that uh, they chose right. I mean, when they chose me, I don't think that they saw I second that notion that they chose right. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think that um, I can give only a very like huge credit for for them to to be able to see the emotion that I bring in painting so deeply, because many people, you know, they they see the outside, they see the style, they see maybe the how good someone is in, in something. I, I don't think that they were searching for that. I think that uh, they were searching for for an emotion, for 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 emotion and painting to be right to Akiva, and that's the deepest view on painting men can have. You know, yeah. you know, Alex. A few summers ago, the cast they were touring America and they were talking about the show and how they went from being regular people to Haredim, and how they had to keep redoing the scenes over and over and over again. And I'm just wondering with your artwork. Uh, because again, it is complex. Let's say the boy with the goldfish or a Libby. Pick your, you know, did you do it once and they say, ah, this is beautiful? Is it yuffy? Or no, Alex, go back. I didn't want to look like this. And you're scratching your head saying, what do you guys want from me? Or was your artwork pretty much on the spot when you did it and they didn't make you crazy with redos and retakes? Um, well, actually, it went like it always goes. Uh, you never know when the, the painting goes straight forward. You know, some of them are. Actually, the, the boy with the goldfish was pretty straightforward. And uh, Libby in the bride dress, uh, which I think also one of the best uh, paintings that I made for Stisev, it was very not straightforward. I mean, um, uh, the background was, uh, was not right. It was, uh, it was white in the beginning. And then the portrait wasn't going so well. And, well, the, the thing that maybe I can proud, be proud of, in uh, specifically in uh, Libby with the bridal dress, is that in some point I got... Um, I mean, everybody told me that it's okay already. Ori and Dikla and Alon, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then... I came to the studio the next day and uh, I have deleted the portrait completely because um, I felt that I can do better. And uh, I felt that um, it's dead. It, it doesn't have a pulse. I don't like painting who doesn't have a pulse. Um, and then I told myself that I'm painting it for all over again and that I'm not, not afraid anymore, right. that uh, I will just, you know, do another, like a couple of touching with a brush and it goes the way it goes and it went well. I had luck. Alex, I'm especially overcome with emotion when looking at the painting of Racheli surrounded by fire 
At first glance, it seems violent and dangerous, but studying her face, she does not look scared. Rather, she seems to be sitting at peace. Can you tell us about that depiction, please? Well, I, as I understand the idea um, from Oli, it's, uh, the flames is, uh, are actually Libby. Oh, it's Libby, right. Okay. And um, I think that um, it's a very crucial part in the, uh, in the season where like, Akiva asks, begs, I would say, even from Libby to, to let go. And uh, he has the dream where all her paintings are burning. And uh, I think that that's why, why the flames are there. And um, I think that the flames, they are like, they are burning something old in order to burn, to, to something new to be born. And um, yeah, that's why she isn't intimidated by it. And I can also like say that it's another painting uh, which wasn't straightforward at all. Actually, uh, I never painted fire before and I, I didn't know really? how you how you should do it. And um, the first, it was also like I painted it and everybody say it's okay, it's very nice. And then my teacher from Bezalel, he, he was my teacher 20 years ago. Now we are friends and we give each other critique. And I like to, to be given critique because everybody has blind spots. And he told me that it looks like some uh, Indian gods uh, illustration that uh-huh. uh, the flat. And when I asked him how should I uh, do it better, he he told me that uh, the rhythm is the main thing. Uh-huh. And then I kind of it was very interesting and uh, unbelievable actually. I thought, what is the rhythm of fire? And the fire has right. no rhythm. That's that's the thing. And so I like acted, you know, as a fire and, and then it just went pretty good. And uh, for me, it was very emotional. To, to paint it's, it. it's incredibly emotional. Yeah. You know, I, I read in one of the columns that you were able to relate to the little boy with the goldfish um, because he was a boy again who didn't have ground. And you spoke about uh, when you moved from Russia to Israel, you felt the same way. Can you uh, explain to our audience like what that feeling is like and maybe how you found therapy even in drawing that painting? Well, first of all, I'm finding therapy in painting, period. Um, I think that all art that I like is therapeutic. If it's not, if if people do art to impress or to to say some smart ideas, it doesn't touch me, you know. Um, but I think that uh, that's the thing that I told you before that they chose correctly. I think that um, well, when Michael met me for the first time. He came to my studio to, so that I will give him a painting lesson or drawing lesson, I don't remember. He told me, I, I was actually noticing that he looks at me strange, like I'm looking at my subjects when I paint them. And then he told me what, what I understand, understood before, that I remind him of Akiva. And um, 
I think that I have something broken inside me. I think all, all the buzz, for example, that, that is going on now around me, yeah. it's very strange for me. Everybody yeah. tells me that, wow, it's so great. It's unbelievable. For me, it's not great. For me, it's, uh, it's, of course, it's great. Uh, it's great that people see my paintings and they are so emotional about it. I mean, I saw the paintings of Velasquez and Veronese and they, well, it was the best moment in my life, maybe. So I don't think that people, when they are looking at my paintings, they, I hope they, they have some, something similar, you know, something moving inside yeah. their hearts. And that's why I paint. But it's also, you know, all this thing with, with the success, it's not the reason because why I do it. And it's like Akiva, well, he gets more success than I do. He, he is in the Jerusalem Museum, Israel Museum and in Tel Aviv Museum. Yeah. But he's always like um, uh, ambivalent about it. And for me, it's, uh, it's the same thing. And so I, I think that um, in The Boy with the Goldfish, uh, his gaze is also like he's insecure. He, do- right. he doesn't have right. its own ground because that's how I am. I can't lie. Wow. Alex, I'm curious. Do you get to read the storylines way in advance? I get, but I don't. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, um, I prefer to, to watch the show with, okay. without knowing what, what is going to happen. With yeah, the, you don't uh, want to ruin it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, it's like reading the ending of a book before you start. I get yeah. it. Some yeah. people do, though, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. And also, I, I do believe that Ori can explain me uh, precise enough what he wants. And um, I uh, feel, again, that I'm the right person to do it. I, I really feel that there is some magical connection between me and the series and that it will be okay. I don't have to know the script. You know, Alex, it's interesting that you made the connection about Akiva being ambivalent. And I'll tell you why I say that. When I watched the series, I didn't see him being ambivalent more as insecure because everybody around him was knocking him. His father made fun of him. His uncle made fun of him. The first date he went out with, you remember he met at the hotel and he said, that's just Stuyot. And she said, no, Mm -hmm. Stuyot. Um, Mm -hmm. Please tell me that with you and your paintings that you get support from your family and friends and they're not saying, why do you want to be an artist for? You can't uh, do anything with that. I do. I do get support. Good. Uh, I do. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think that um, for me, it's coming maybe from the opposite direction. Uh, My father wanted me to be a tennis player. Oh. And... um, he, he wanted me to not to be just a tennis player. I think he would uh, rather like that I will be the world number one. Um, and I didn't have this drive for success. And for me, it's clear that success won't make me happier. From very young age, I understand it. So I think that my, uh, my problems with, the, with success in paintings is... Um, First of all, coming from that, I don't want to to put as to put it as as my goal because I think 
uh, it uh, leads many people, many artists, many talented people the wrong way, after all. I mean, many, I'm, I know many are artists who, like, success didn't do well for them. Mm. And, yeah, so I, I want to be careful there. And, um, yeah, and, and I should also remember that um, the couples therapy that my wife and me are going to right now, that's the thing that, that will make me happy if it succeeds. Not my success, you know, not showings in cool museums. Alex, do you have a relationship with Kiva or is there really no communication between the two of you behind the scenes? Because sometimes people who work together do have a relationship. Um, Michael or Kiva? Kiva, Michael, anybody, <laughs> especially Kiva. Do you have a relationship with Kiva? Well, I, I was a couple of times um, presenting on, presented on the set. I was on the set a couple of times uh, when they were shooting him uh, painting. And uh, Michael even asked me whether it's good or not. And uh, I told him some, uh, some stuff which I think can be a little bit credible, but I don't think it's really important. But uh, as I told you, I think, um, well, I knew Michael all, only as a, a I host. call him Kiva, I'm sorry, because I just, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be uh, Kiva, okay. so, you know, but it's we okay. can go but by whatever name. Uh, I knew him only from uh, uh, The Voice, the Israeli The Voice, where he was a host, oh. and... Uh, the thing that I knew about him that uh, he is a very good-looking guy, <laughs> and uh, um, then, like from the voice, he he looks okay, but um, I didn't know how interesting of a person he is. I mean, Michael, he he writes. He is a he is a very deep and interesting guy, and very nice person as well. You can see it. Yeah, you can you see can it in his it. eyes, actually. You know, yeah, just, exactly. You know, the, exactly. The eyes are the window to the soul. You can see that this is a exactly. very gentle soul. Exactly. So, you know, he is a very busy person, I guess. And I think many people want a piece of him. So we don't have many relationships um, besides Stiesel. But when we meet, it's, uh, it's always very, very warm between us. Right. And uh, I think that he appreciates me and it's mutual. Right. Of course. Right. You know, Alex, I know that, um, there are certain skills in life one can learn. Being an artist, it's a gift. You know, you go to school to finesse it, but it's a gift. Are there other people in your family who are also have this gift, or are you just the one who just got all the talent and everybody else is doing their own thing? Or do you, you, your parents, you have siblings um, that also share this love and this talent and this gift? I guess uh, me and Akiva, we are similar in that thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, it, it's not uh, exactly true. I think my mother had a um, really deep romance with the th- theater when she was young. Right. But uh, I think she she didn't want to to do it as a career after all. And I think that me being an artist is uh, fulfilling her dream in some in a psychological way, I suppose. And I do think that uh, she has a very deep insight into every, any kind of art. Alex, I know you received support 
as you, you just mentioned that you receive family support and that's great. But um, how has this turn in your profession impacted your personal life? We are all affected by what we do professionally. Somehow we just, we do get some effect into our personal life. So please share with us how, how you were affected. In my personal life of yeah. um, from being an artist? Being an artist, being, being an artist, uh, the behind the scenes artist for, the, for Stissel. Well, being yeah, we, we want to know everything. Yeah, we want to get to know. Okay. We want to get to know you. We're, we're just so impressed by by what you do and your uh, behind the scenes genius. Okay, um, I think that um, being an artist, you see, it's tough for me to to hear that I'm a genius, really. But, but uh, yeah. Oh, there's 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 <laughs> there is. You are a genius. It's um, uh, but, you know, okay. studying your 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 art, your artwork. It's just incredible. Thank you. Uh, it it went uh, it went worse. It was uh, like I, I was fishing for a compliment. But um, <laughs> I think that um, well, being an artist uh, for me, it's. Um, I mean, I can't imagine myself not being one. You know, it it wasn't like really a choice that I made, because really when I, when I saw uh, those guys, Velasquez, uh, Veronese, their paintings they they were alive. Okay, and I knew that I want a piece of it. I mean, that's I saw that something that. I was seeing for 17, 18 years, that was my age then, somebody saw it as well. And I never met nobody that could like express it as well as they did. So for me, it wasn't really a choice. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe if there was a choice, I would choose a real profession, (laughs) but uh, there wasn't. And I think that uh, it affected me in the way that I met in my studies uh, my wife uh, and other friends who also interested in things that I'm interested in. Because until then, I was almost exactly as Akiva. I was always swimming, like swimming in the wrong water. I, I needed to a sweet water, and I was swimming in the salty. And um, that that was my feeling. And suddenly when I came to Bezalel, it was like, what? Really? There are people like me? I mean, it was unbelievable. And um, I can't imagine my life without it. I mean, maybe I could go through, but yeah. And, Alec, yeah. When, when people come to visit Israel now, if, and now because ev- the world loves Stissel, where can they find your art today? Is there a specific gallery? Um, where do people find you in Israel t- today? Uh, they don't. I mean, there there is one gallery that I work with, but mainly my works are in my studio. Uh, you know, the exhibitions, they they are only starting to, to come back here, which right. is, of course, great. Um and yeah, I have a, um, I have a, a, a nice show ex- that is ready in my studio, but it's not figurative works. It's um, like landscapes. It's weird landscapes of empty sports fields. And now because of Stiesel, everybody wants my figurative works. Right. So uh, I don't know how it will be. Uh, but uh, yeah, mainly all the works are mostly in my studio. Yeah. 
And your studio is in Tel Aviv? Yeah. Okay. How would people find you if they want to Google you to reach out to you to come visit your studio when they're visiting Israel? How do they find you? Well, they, they can go to my uh, site, alextubis.net. Uh, they can uh, see me on my Instagram account also, okay. like Alextubis, um, which also got crazy in the last month. Um, yeah. Good. Uh, all the details are, are there. Terrific. Alex, one of the things that our listeners are well aware of is that I like to get personal with our guests. Don't worry, not too personal. I just want to know, what do you do when you're not painting or not painting for the show? What do you do when you're downtime? Oh, let's go personal. You, you don't believe how <laughs> personal I can get. I mean, I don't have borders, really. Um, that's why I chose to be a painter. I mean, I, I think that the, it's, the, the, in this medium, it's like in music. I mean, it's like you're really opening a window for everybody to, to see and look who you are. You know, uh, you can't hide anything like that. But, uh, well, first of all, I'm trying to be a better father than I am. I think it's an eternal journey. Um, uh, also, I teach. I teach uh, quite a lot sometimes, sometimes less. And, uh, uh, well, before... Before this hype of uh, of now that is going on, uh, I felt even more confident in myself as a teacher for, of painting and uh, and drawing, um, which is also nice. I I like to teach. Um, I feel it's a very good understanding of, under, a very good way to understand what what you are doing actually, when you are talking and trying to explain it to somebody else, uh, as I'm doing now and. Well, I'm. I also like. I'm trying to to write stuff, oh. uh, and um, I got some nice uh, words about my writing too from oh, uh, from wow. people. So I'm trying. Where to... can we see that? Is that uh, accessible? Well, now I I write uh, in Facebook, but uh, you you should uh, do Google Translate on, in this. So okay. I don't think how good uh, will it be. But uh, for for an exhibition that I made uh, five years ago, that was all dedicated. It was one big uh, homage to Tarkovsky. Right. Uh, I wrote uh, a short story, and uh, it was uh, translated to English as well. So maybe I'll put it in my site in a, in the near time. Very good. Excellent. Wow. Alex, thank you for joining us on the Definitive Wrap. Thank you. Our hearts are with Yerushalayim, both because of Yom Yerushalayim and also the high alert to the threat of terrorism. May God keep all of Israel safe. Again, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us and giving us this insight. Thank you to our listening audience for tuning in and to vinews.com for our show being their official podcast. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Wrap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Wrap.